Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's do the right thing! podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation for example what is the right way to toss a salad sit on your hands for 20 minutes so you can pretend a sex worker is doing it (laughs) i used the right term (laughs) that's the important thing i'm daniel warden with me trying to do the right thing today He's just turned 50, which means he's old enough to remember Michael Legg. It's Michael Legg! <laughs> and with him, he was in Cucumber, which was good, wasn't it? It's Rufus Hounds! <laughs> and on my right, a paused gif of Jennifer Connolly melting, it's Margaret K. Ron And with her, she's an actor, an improviser, but American, so you know, good at it. It's Tony Newsom. <laughs> well, jazz in my biscuit tin and call me Boris Johnson. It's the first round, the importance of being right. The importance of being right. Just like the entirety of 21st century civilization, I've run into some trouble online. In this round, I'm going to give each team a scenario and they're going to tell me what is the right thing to do according to HTTP from Steps. (laughs) Hey, that's a real joke, guys. (laughs) Make the most of it. (laughs) Margaret and Tawny, by day you are a happy-go-lucky woman. By night, you are haunted by a ghost slash nun slash demon who keeps threatening to eat your eyes and put excerpts of your teenage diary online before you've had a chance to turn it into a sitcom. And quite frankly, you've had enough. (laughs) Tired, grumpy, and worried about your eyes being eaten, you set up shelter for the night in your allotment, but oh no, Ricky with the lettuce is proper crazy town raging with fury because slugs have eaten his lettuce and therefore his identity. (laughs) So what is the right way to calm down an angry person, according to the HRdirector.com? <laughs> Margaret. Yes. Are you an angry person? Uh, when I was 18, I, was, I ran up the street and kicked my sister in the back. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's, def- that's probably the angriest I've ever shown. Why did you kick her in the back? I, do, I can't remember. It was probably an argument about Michael Jackson, they tended to be. Um, but I know I'm really bad at showing. I wanted to go to anger management classes. Why? Because, because I didn't realise they were for people who couldn't control themselves. I thought it was for people who might want to express it in a better How way. How make me more angry? I know, I know. And I've just been, been repressing it in an insane way. I really like the idea that you phoned up to join, like, can I join these anger management? Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I pretty much burst into tears as soon as I'm angry. Which is Even not if helpful. you're angry at your kids. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not good, is no, it? No, they're going to be bad. <laughs> I, I cried in front of my daughter about my career or something. When, um, <laughs> it's good. When she was, young. I was wondering when she was listened. my baby. <laughs> but she just, she, I heard her saying to someone else, Mummy banged head. Because it was the only thing she knew that that's what people cried about. So for a long time, she thought I'd bang my head. Honestly, isn't having an acting career as a woman kind of like banging your head against a wall mm. just over and over until you turn 40 and the business kicks you to the curb? You're right. And I think as an 18-month-old, she got that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Tony, are you an angry person? Uh, no, I deal much better in sadness because <laughs> anger, people can get mad at you for expressing it, as I'm sure you learned. But with sadness, people feel bad for you and they bring you blankets and sweet things. So I like to, when I get very angry instead, I just kind of, I cry as well. And I just am like, I'm so sad. And then people are like, let's comfort you. But when you're angry and you're black in America, you know cops come so <laughs> it's not fun for anyone but sad black people they don't know what to do with that <laughs> they don't make showtime series about that michael here we go <laughs> what's the angriest you've ever been do you know i still think the angriest i've ever been was it was a time when i got ripped off for a train ticket about five six years ago i was on my way to manchester it cost me a lot of money i was very very angry about it and i walked through Euston train station concourse fuming blood boiling and when I got to the point where I didn't think I could possibly be any angrier I genuinely saw the singer Jamelia fall off a chair <laughs> and I'm not kidding you if I mean I don't know what the answer to this question is how do you diffuse but I'm telling you Jamelia saved lives that day <laughs> Take that award off Malala and give that to Jamelia. Was she on one of the benches or...? She was standing up, but she had lifted her handbag, but her handbag got caught under the chair. So basically her handbag dragged her to the floor. And it was really fucking funny. Now, Rufus, you seem like a cheerful person, and by that I mean you wear a hat indoors. Have you ever had to deal with somebody angry? Yes, because I'm married. Oh. And, and unfortunately for her, she's married to me. Oh, do you wind each other up? It's not that we wind each other up. I just wind her up. And then, and then I'm like, well, what do I do? And the answer to that is, be me. And you... I can understand that, frankly. I'm sick of me. Do you back down if she gets really angry? What, how do no. you... No, yeah, it's terrible. This sounds like, oh, my wife, my wife, you know. <laughs> it's not that. I think it's true of all relationships, is that you're both trying to find a place in which you can agree, but at the same time, that has to be on your terms, so one of you has to be the victim in whatever that's... How dare you say that to me? I never said it like that. Yes, you did. No, it's like you're both trying to find the best reason to be the wounded party. What I've started doing is, so my partner doesn't like rowing, so if we get into a row, I go, no, you're right, you're definitely right, and then I slag him off on WhatsApp to my private group of friends. <laughs> because it's encrypted. Which so, means that he can't read so it. So healthy. <laughs> it's going really well. I think that's a good solution. Tawny, would you interrupt the angry person as they vented? Oh, no. You never interrupt an angry person. I've been to enough Whole Foods markets to see when there's, like, one good 
bunch of bananas left and, you know, soccer moms are just like furious trying to get it. I would never stop an angry person. You don't want to be in their path. You want to be the person on the sidelines that's like when someone else gets in their path, you're just sitting there eating chips and you're like, yeah, that fucking sucked, right? Can you believe that woman got in your way? You want to be like the hype man on the side. (laughs) It's like if there's a bear coming, you want to be on the side just like, yeah, get that dumb hiker. What an idiot, right? (laughs) Then the bear's like, yeah, girl, you're with me. And then you don't get eaten. No one gets to Instagram their own heroism. No fucking way. Exactly. You got to be the girl taking selfies, Mm -hmm. cheering on the bear, all of the metaphors, Mm -hmm. you know. Excellent. (laughs) Michael, what would you do? I wouldn't do anything. I think they have every right to express that anger. Fuck you. (laughs) Good for you, Margaret. Proud of you, mate. Long time coming. Genuinely angry person that you don't know on the street Um, being angry. I did a play earlier this year in Chichester and in the pub over the road from that theatre, there's a regular poker night and I was in the pub all the time and the man who runs the pub said to me, come and play poker. And I just hit a couple of lucky river cards, really. Stayed in it because it was cheap enough and then went all in. And this French guy just went absolutely nuts at me to begin with, but then this other guy started playing blind cards. If you play poker, you'll know somebody playing their cards face down, just betting, because their chip leader is like a real fuck you, and kept hitting. And this French guy just stood up and was like, this is absolutely, this is not what we have come here to do. And so I started singing my way. <laughs> And how did that go down? Really well, because once you have got an overweight, hairy man singing Frank Sinatra, smiling broadly, straight at you... I would absolutely headbutt you. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really know how to cope with that. He ran out of steam very quickly, and then, because he'd run out of steam, huffed off. Hmm. It was the Second World War all over again. (laughs) Ben, is that one of the the answers? I'm not sure anyone's got the actual answer, oh. but I've got some points to dole out anyway. So the website was thehrdirector.com. Uh, it's a website for HR professionals and gives an acronym, SIFUDNO, to help you remember how to calm angry people down. <laughs> so S is for stop. Let the angry person vent for about 30 seconds and then calmly and firmly say, I need you to stop for a moment. So you do interrupt <laughs> them. So minus one for Tawny there, but plus one, because I guess Jamelia falling off a chair was an interruption. So... Uh, <laughs> Plus one for Michael there. They won't like being interrupted, but will probably stop, even if only to blurt back, what? I is for important. Tell them whatever they're angry about is important and that you need them to calm down so you can understand it clearly. F, U and D are for frustrated, upset and disappointed. So this is quite specific. Let them speak without interruption. When they finish, say, hmm, and then pause. (laughs) And then pause. What, in that camp voice? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And then (laughs) pause for four seconds... They will think that you are truly considering what they've said. Then say, you sound frustrated. What's that about? <laughs> and then say, you sound upset. What's that about? <laughs> and then you sound disappointed. What's that about? And all of this apparently gives them time to get stuff off their chest, which lessens the chance of further escalation. So we've done Sifud. N is for now what. Once they've calmed down, say, given what's happened, now what? At that point, they will usually be dumbfounded. O is for outcome. Ask them what outcome they want. And then, How long is this yeah. acronym? I mean, it, it, it's I long. I mean, I'm getting angrier. 
the reason the Sifudno approach works is that when you lean into someone's anger rather than take issue with it, that person will likely feel less alone in their upset, and this has a calming effect. So I've given Michael a point for Jamelia falling off her chair, and both Tawny and Rufus sort of talked about empathising, which I think that yeah. whole FUD bit was about. So I'm giving Michael and Rufus two points and Tawny and Margaret one point. All right. All right. I'd like to raise the possibility that we throw this whole round out. <laughs> On the principle that now that we know that there is a technique approved by HR managers, it will immediately now not work. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. So that answer, by dint of being spoken aloud, is invalid. It's sort of Schrodinger's explanation, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. do you know the thing about the praise sandwich? Yes, yes. Yes. Compliment, criticism, compliment. All managers are taught praise sandwich. You say something nice... Not nice. And, then, mm. and the thing that you actually want to tell them is the not nice thing. So then you have to dream up two things that you can kind of, <laughs> that aren't going to stick literally mm-hmm. in your throat. But how many people in here work in offices? How many people are aware of the praise sandwich as a management technique? How many people have experienced the praise sandwich? Right. And at the point it's happening, don't you go, oh, just fuck off! Just go and fuck yourself with your two things that you had to come up with that you don't believe are good about me, that you don't think I'm nice or professional However, or, oh, I smell good or look nice. You just wanted to tell me a shitty thing, you fucking useless bastard. This is, however, this is why you don't work in an office. <laughs> Rufus, I would say counterpoint, no one here is ever going to remember the INFC, DCB bullshit, X. <laughs> X, no, no. Jenny 560309 bullshit that we just heard. So no one will ever remember. So when it's happening to them, they're not going to be like, I important and uh, no one cares. See, uh, count your blessings. But, you work perfect. here. Yeah. But, <laughs> right, we won't remember it. But if we're ever in a situation where we're really angry and somebody goes, hmm. <laughs> Two, three, four. You look frustrated. You look frustrated. A voice in the back of our heads will go, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Okay. I see your dress. You look upset. What's that about? (laughs) Michael and Rufus, you want to pay tribute to Pop's most iconic weirdo, Michael Jackson. And there's only one way to do it. I bring him by sale. Unfortunately, you've left all your best tat at your mum's house. But fortunately, a local farmer is having an affair with your mum and was (laughs) going to visit her today in his private plane. Would you like a lift? Too right. It's all going very well. The sky's clear and Farmer Lover has given you a bag of nuts and a can of Strongbow to make it feel luxury. You are just starting to think he could be your new daddy when, when he has a medical fit and accidentally pushes you from the cockpit. So what is the right way to survive falling from 15,000 feet without a parachute? <laughs> According to LiveScience.com... Well, Michael. you know the way... Like, I've never fallen to my death before. <laughs> but, you know, it seems to me like when people jump out of planes, they can somehow direct their body a bit. I don't know... I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. So just, just, just have a quick gop at the ground, go, where's a bouncy castle? <laughs> head, take your shoes off. Head towards that. <laughs> seems right, doesn't it? That's a pretty good answer. Have you ever... Have you ever... I went... <laughs> You've been skydiving, Rufus? I have, yeah. Wow, well, really? Yeah, for my 30th birthday, my wife said, I've got a surprise and drove I me to a field. To die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a gangland murder, but uh, <laughs> no, I've jumped out of a plane. And for my 10th birthday, my 10th birthday, my son's 10th birthday, 
um, he wanted to go indoor skydiving where they blow wind up at you. And so you saying, oh, you seem to be able to steer yourself in the air. I'm like, yes, it's a, it's a learnable technique. But why does anyone die if you can steer yourself? Oh, the ground Great really... Point. The ground's really hurty. Yeah, really hurty, Margaret, yeah. But you just keep steering yourself You know, you until... know when you fall yeah. every morning? Yeah. Imagine that from a way greater height. That's what it's what like. What would you steer can... yourself into? Yeah, just somewhere really comfy. <laughs> it's like a, a bed lovely sofa. Yeah, lovely, yeah. <laughs> how far can you steer yourself, is what I'm saying. Well, it depends how high up you start. Like, if I jumped off this table, I'm not going to get to Aberystwyth. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it exciting? Well, here's the weird thing. No. Is it boring? Well, in a funny way, yes. And I've got oh, you didn't bring a book? Shit. <laughs> I had a, th- a real theory about this. Everyone I knew who'd been skydiving went, it's the greatest thing ever and the adrenaline. But my theory is, having done stand-up yeah. for so long, mm. I'm so used to things like, Aah! and having quelled that over a 10-year career of just like, I'll just get on with it that I just sort of, in my head, was going, oh, right, and then that happens. In your head, you were going, this gig's going really bad. (laughs) (laughs) What's the worst thing that can happen? I'll die. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. It happened loads of times. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was fine. Um, And I I can see why you're married. What gigs have you done, mate? (laughs) That you can possibly compare it to jumping out of a plane? Um, One year at Glastonbury, I was asked to play... And said I would do it, but I'd done it the year before comparing, and it's not a great mm-hmm. gig comparing because mm-hmm. people just leave when the acts aren't on. Mm. So they asked me to do it, and I said, I'll do it as long as I don't have to compare. They said, That's fine. Turned up, and they said, Right, you're comparing on the Sunday afternoon. And I said, Ah, oh, don't want to be a real pain in the ass about it, but I kind of only took it on the grounds that I didn't have to compare. And they said, Oh, don't worry about it then. We'll find a spot for you. Come back in 20 minutes. They said, Well, we were going to close the comedy at 1 a.m but we'll run it for an extra half an hour so you can go on at 1am. Right? I'm like, happy days. Because I've been late night and it's three guys face down asleep at that time. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I don't have to do any work. I'm going to go out round Glastonbury, drink myself stupid, enjoy everything Glastonbury has to offer, rock up here at 10 to 1... And who cares if I die? Nobody will be sober. Nobody will even be listening. This is perfect. (laughs) And what I didn't know was they had rerouted the back of the main stage that year. It used to go head back off to the campsite, but they'd run it instead through the cabaret field. So when I arrived at 10 to 1, absolutely tripping my tits off, (laughs) there were 3,000 people... (laughs) In a tent who were, like, totally on it because they'd just seen Jay-Z. <laughs> and that moment, I'll be honest, was more terrifying than skydiving by some distance. Sure. Fair Did enough. you sing my way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might have worked. Have you ever been tempted to skydive, Tawning? No, no, never. I mean, I don't like to fly anyway, so I want to stay inside of the plane. Although maybe because I don't like to fly, maybe I should want to jump out of it. Maybe it would be safer in my brain if well, I was controlling it. Apparently. You can steer, yeah. yeah. Just if, find a bouncy castle. If you've fallen from a plane, yeah. then you know any other plane experience is going to be fine. Yeah, actually, you're right. So to cure my fear of flying, I should jump out of a perfectly good 
plane. Without a parachute, yes. Sure, okay. Margaret, yes. has your mum had an affair with a farmer? <laughs> Do you know, she doesn't say much, so she might have done, and I just don't know about it. There aren't many farms in East Sheen, so I'm guessing not. Do you think when farmers fuck, they go, E, I, E, I, O... I get a round of applause. I think it was the commitment. <laughs> Where should you try and land? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't know, in a town full of tits. That's what I would go. I don't know. That joke was for himself and seven people. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, the sea? The sea, good answer. Thanks. Margaret and Tawny, would you try and land in the sea? I hear that water actually becomes too hard when you're coming at it from great heights or very fast, right? It's like hitting a wall. So no, I would aim for some very fluffy looking pine trees yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. steer yeah. right into the Alps or something. Ben. Hang on. Can I give the actual answer? Oh yeah, answer? go on, give the actual answer. Yeah, trees is about right. And well, also... we've said that, so you're yeah. too late. No, no. No, but you, that's... Is this where the men on the right side of the stage re-say with the shit no, that no. we said over here and then they get the goddamn point? Oh. God damn it. Tree-planing. I'm like, yeah, mine was a joke, but it was also the real answer. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, <laughs> did you say parachuting? I think you said patriarching. <laughs> um, no, it's... Um, I was saying that is right. That's where you aim. But before you aim there... You make your body as wide as possible. Basically, the more surface area you have... You put uh, on a lot of weight. Yeah. Really. slower. <laughs> you'll Just hit get your the, dick out. You'll hit the ground more slowly. I can't do that. And, um, well, I'll get your dick out. <laughs> and, la- and land flat. Land like... It's probably... Is it on your face? <laughs> it's, it's basically, don't try and land it feet first because the speed you're going your leg bones will ramp up through your body and basically spear you the face is famously the most protected part of the body so yeah why do you think I have this magnificent (laughs) moustache Ben what are the actual answers okay so according to livescience.com we've got some good points here thanks to wind resistance your falling speed will top out at about 120 miles an hour so jumping from 15,000 feet You'll have about 90 seconds before you hit the earth. That gives you time to develop a strategy. Um, (laughs) 35-year plan. uh, (laughs) There are four simple steps you can try to soften your landing. Step one, don't panic. Crucial. Step two, so uh, point for Rufus here, adjust your posture. Make a flying X with your arms and legs. Keep your chest down and arch your back and neck. Spread your body as wide as possible. Point for that. Step three, aim point for Michael for saying aim there. Um, Avoid hard surfaces. So point for suggesting a bouncy castle. Um, but don't be fooled by water a point away from Michael there and a point for Tawny here it's incompressible and striking it at a high speed is like picking a fight with a sidewalk this is an American website hit the sea and you might find that your broken body survives just long enough to drown um, so they didn't suggest a bouncy castle they suggest haystacks, bushes, snowdrifts, marshes are your best bet even trees, glass and high tension wires she already said that don't just repeat what she said if you can't avoid a populated area, aim for the comparatively crumply roofs of camper vans or caravans. So, so a point for Tawny here, um, hitting ground cover that spreads your impact over a longer period, which is trees, or absorbs it in stages, could mean the difference between a few broken bones and widespread trauma and organ ruptures. 
Step four, select an impact posture. Now, they give all sorts of options here. Head first is a poor choice, so I'm taking a point away. (laughs) But landing flat, so point four, Rufus there, will distribute the force of impact across your body. On the other hand, the Federal Aviation Agency recommends landing like a skydiver with your feet together, heels up, and knees and hips flexed. Wait, what were you before you started falling? (laughs) Just a dumb person? (laughs) If you must splash down in water, go for either head first or feet first. Hold your body ramrod straight and keep your arms beside your head for protection. If you go in feet first, remember to clench your buttocks. The less said about why, the better. At the end of that round, what the scores, producer Ben? 3-3! Three, three. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what, everyone? I just want to say a big shout-out and huge thanks to some of my favourite people in the world. Chris Kendall. Love Chris. Ah, oh, the Chris, Chris Meister. Igor great. Ferreira. That's probably his name that I haven't screwed up. <laughs> Love Igor. Or Igor. He sounds like a really good car. <laughs> yeah, and a bloody top bloke. Sophie Bridge. That's a made-up name. There's no way I'm <laughs> Sophie Bridge. And Stephanie Catraccia. No way I've screwed that up. That's her name. And do you know what? I love these people mm. because they've donated to our lovely podcast, Do The Right Thing. They signed up to the Do The Verbal Thanks thing here yes. at Patreon. Yes. I mean, these are just random words. <laughs> yes. But if they mean something to you, then they mean something to us. If you'd like to join them, uh, go to comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash donate. And if you do that, anyone who signs up for that tier, we will thank you in a future episode, which strongly suggests there will be at least one future episode. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Spoilers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And now for some rock-solid agony. In this round, I'll be getting the panel to solve some problems from our audience, but before that, I'm going to test their human conditioning with a letter sent to a real agony aunt. Michael, could you read it, please? Yep. (laughs) Go on, then. Okay, out loud. Right, fine. Uh... (laughs) Dear agony aunt, last night I was having sex with my wife. Ah. The best kind. When our dog (laughs) jumped on the bed and started humping me. We've always had an active sex life, my wife and I. I'm 30 and she is 29. We have sex most nights. 
but a dog has never done this before. I'm wondering whether he will always be like this from now on. Should I get rid of him? <laughs> there, it's dealt with. Tawny? Yeah. What would you do about this sexy dog? I think in these times, it's very important to have conversations about consent with your pets. So I think you need to lecture your dog on verbal consent, nonverbal consent, things like go, stay, sit, don't, no, you know, all those same commands that work for your partner also should work for your dog. Uh, and if he hasn't learned them yet, perhaps he learned them in another language, you know, like nine or whatever. Um, so consent speaks many languages and your dog should not be exempt from that. So I I think time's up on dogs, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think this is an insane letter. Oh, why? why? Why don't you get a fucking lock on the door or something? Dogs don't even need a lock. You're, well, it depends how clever they are. <laughs> and whether you've got a revolving door in your bedroom. Do you not have... Why, <laughs> why are we even mentioning the dog? Because this guy is a fucknut. <laughs> He's gone. Oh, I wonder if my dog will always do... Get rid of that fucking weirdo. That dog does not need that man in his life. Rufus, what You've animal... You've got a dog's name. <laughs> Rufus, Good what boy. animal would Good you be comfortable... <laughs> what animal would you be comfortable getting off with someone in front of? All animals. Sick. What? It's just in front of them. Yeah. That they're just watching. I think dolphins can be too friendly. My dog used to get embarrassed when I got changed in front of him. <laughs> he honestly did. No, he would duck his head down and leave. And it like he's a rescue dog, so I'm assuming that something weird had happened before we got him. But um, he honestly did. What did you do? Did you not get undressed in front of him, or did you... I never got undressed again. <laughs> Michael, you've had a dog. Mm -hmm. So when you were having sex with someone... Sure. Keep the dog in the room, put the dog in a different Who room. Who the fuck would have a dog in the room while they're fucking... Well, exactly, right? Do you put the dog in a different room? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily put the dog out if you're having a wank, but not when you're fucking... <laughs> I mean, the bizarre thing is that Michael's dog famously was called Jerk. Yeah. I'm imagining if you're on the bed having a wank and yeah. the dog did come in, you'd be saying, Jerk, off. So I had a wank uh, once and a butterfly flew in. Is that has, has anyone ever ejaculated near something that beautiful before? That's the actual butterfly effect, yeah, right? Yeah, it exists, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Chili apparently was wiped Just, out after my yeah. wank. I love the idea that it's like <laughs> we've had so many superhero movies now that we eventually get to the guy who can summon butterflies by masturbating. Ben, what's the actual answer? Is anybody close? I've given a couple of points. This advice comes from Dear Deirdre in the Sun. She says, dogs will react excitedly if their owners get physical in all sorts of ways. Don't blame the dog. Point for Michael there. But don't have them in the room when you have sex. So a point for Margaret there for her lock on the doors. Most dog trainers would say they shouldn't sleep in our bedrooms anyway. They need to know they are below us in the family hierarchy. If you have any further worries about your dog's behaviour, talk them over with your vet. So, point <laughs> the dog's fine. The dog is fine, right? I'm so embarrassed at the idea of having to talk about this with your vet. <laughs> 
just setting an appointment and being like, oh, what's the problem today? You're like, yeah, it's not with him. So I have a question. (laughs) So now you've learned how a real agony aunt does it. Let's see you deal with some problems from tonight's audience. Is Emma here? Hi, Emma. Emma's problem is... Emma sounds Hi, Emma. hysterical yeah. already. I'm Thank worried. you. It's very late. Emma's problem is, I've never had a second date. Help. What the fuck? Oh, well, sorry, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> God. Did you not want one? Sometimes I didn't want one. Sometimes they didn't want one. Right. It's Are you on a date happened. right now? Uh, no, I'm not on a date right now. Oh, but I like the way you there's looked around. There's a man around. next to you. I'm not getting it. <laughs> Am I on a date? What do you consider a date? <laughs> I just check. No, <laughs> What do you do on a first date? Various things. Restaurant is a good one. Classic. Yeah, that's good. Go to which, a bar. Which restaurant? Uh, the last day I went on, I went to Shoreditch. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Fine. it's got pizza, vegan right? options, so that's fine. And why, why didn't you want a second date from that one, or why didn't they want one? It was a Tinder date, so I'd never met him before. And he was nice, it was pleasant enough. He reminded me a little bit in person of Boris Johnson. Ooh. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. A little bit. That's fine. Not in, not in so like... So not enough like him <laughs> that you want to see him again. You so like Boris Johnson? A little bit, yeah. Ooh. Have kind you of like... met him on Tinder that has pictures? Yeah, yeah. But he didn't look like Boris Johnson in his pictures on Tinder. No, he picked the non-Boris Johnsony ones to put on Tinder. <laughs> What excuses, sorry, what excuses do, do they give? Not excuses, sorry. What reasons? Uh, what lies do they tell you? Is it you? them, not you? How do they lie to you? Yeah, what do they say when you say, are you up for a second date? Mostly nothing at all. It's just ghosting across uh, the board. Modern dating. These millennials. <laughs> I, I got in under the wire on this whole internet dating thing. I think within about three years of being married, this was now the way it has all gone. And I can honestly say it terrifies me. It was the first realisation I'm a proper, like, old man now. Everything that dating is for single people is wrong. Does that make you feel better? Like, (laughs) you're... It's not you, it's society. Yeah. But what the internet has done is say that there is infinite choice. And we've also been sold the lie that there is the one. So you're all on this quest to find the one and believe that the technology exists to deliver the one. Mm. And that isn't how it works. So the whole fucking thing is broken. So you think you should carry on with Boris. I cannot understand, (laughs) even this far away from you, how that could possibly be true. That would make no sense to me. No, no, and don't get me wrong, there's like a weird curve where I'm like, go girl, and I'm like, on your side, and then this other side, because I'm a white, middle-aged, cisgendered, privileged male, where you're like, don't look at me like that, I'm not here to be judged as whether I'm not dateable or not by you, you fat fuck, so I don't know where in this I stand. Either one, you can say. But that is Fucking baffling to me. Yeah, has your parents not set you up with someone or not? Has that not happened yet? Do you exclusively no, use no. Tinder or do you ever do like, do you go on like class things where you like you have singles making pottery? I don't know. Or like, you know, people b- building pies. I don't know what you do here. Have you tried Pilates? No, I've never been on a, a pie building. Um. <laughs> so weird. In America, that's a really big thing. Uh, can I ask, how many first dates have you been on? Um, 
More than 10? 15, maybe? You know, you know the answer is, like, it makes me sad to say this, but because, how old are you? 25. Yeah, you're going to have to let them do anal sex with you. I mean. <laughs> Apparently that's what they have to do these on, days. On the it first, you. to get a second date. <laughs> is that what I should put on my Tinder profile from now on? Don't put that on your Tinder profile. <laughs> We'll do anal for a second day. <laughs> oh, God. That is, that is the lowest bar a human being could set themselves. And it says nothing else at all. <laughs> you won't even need a photo. You will be in there. Carry on like that, you'll be dating the real Boris Johnson. <laughs> Who would you give points to off the panel? Who's helped the most? Um, I feel like Rufus went on, you know, quite a long advice-giving rant. I felt like you were very invested in my problem. (laughs) Two points to Rufus. Um, Ben, what are the scores? Michael and Rufus now have six. Margaret and Tony have four. There are some questions that the internet just can't answer, like, is it meant to tickle inside when I think about strangers touching it? In those situations, we need to ask an expert. Ask, 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 ask. In this round, the panel will have to work out what an expert would do in any given situation that I have given them. So let's welcome today's trained professional. It's only bass player from Suede, Matt Osman. Hello. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Right, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second-guess what advice Matt would give in some playing the bass in suede-based scenarios. But before that, you've got the chance to get to know him a little bit better by asking him some questions. So does anybody have any questions for Matt? I do. Tony? I'm such a fan. I love suede. And I was disappointed that in my country we decided to call you London suede. Did you guys get to weigh in on that? Did you choose that for yourselves? We got sued by a, an American folk singer called Swade. Who is that? No one knows who that person I is. I know, and she originally, she wanted £100,000, a record deal with Sony, <laughs> and asked to change her name to Brett Anderson and the British band formerly known as Swade. <laughs> so, so, so the London Swade was quite a good deal. <laughs> That's a good compromise. Yeah. You came out ahead. How often... Does Brett Anderson get mistaken for Mads Mikkelsen? Oh, is, no, he gets mistaken for Peter Egan from Ever Decreasing Circles. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And Brian Ferry, which is probably better. Does he yeah. ever get mistaken for Noddy Holder? <laughs> no. <laughs> Once we got stopped at the border going into Hungary and we couldn't get in and they were asking us, you know, what are you doing here? We said, we're playing a festival we're called Suede. And they were like, oh my God, come on, feel the noise. <laughs> so, so we signed a whole load of stuff, Noddy and oh everything. My God, and, wow. and went through humming kind of Slade songs and that was that. But, I mean, ag- again, again, they're 80. It's not that flattering. <laughs> but... well, well, I think we all know Matt a bit better now. <laughs> so this is the How first... the fuck did we get Matt Osman? What the know, fuck happened there? You know, the worst thing is, we're both in suede videos and Margaret isn't. I'm not in a suede video, I'm just a photo shoot. He's in the Drowners video. You're in the second Drowners video. Am I? Yes. (laughs) The one with the foam party one? Yeah, the foam party one. Do you know what? I think I'd remember it. I think you'd remember it. Yeah, being in a foam party. Saucy. Or were you in so oh, many yeah, foam parties? yeah, you are the guys and then there was the dog. <laughs> we all fucked. Yeah, I... <laughs> 
anyway, here's the first scenario we put to Matt. For funny reasons, <laughs> Swade are doing a gig for someone despotic yet characterful slash rich. However, the day before the gig, they get an email from the charismatic warmonger saying they want Swade to play Asda Town, a song that hasn't been played for over 20 years. It's going to take Matt ages to relearn the bass part, and he's in the middle of a box set binge, so he doesn't really want to spend too long on it. What would Matt do in this situation? Matt's a pro. You think he'd... Oh, it's because he's here. Yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, if he uh, wasn't here, he'd be like, I don't know, he'd just fucking phone it in. But... <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you phone in a bass line? Um, you probably know your back catalogue very not at all <laughs> not at all do you know what it's a shame because some of your songs are very good <laughs> it's only four strings as well you didn't even learn yeah it is quite that, yeah, lazy my wife didn't realise there were only four strings on the bass until, until we'd been together nearly 20 until years until the wedding oh night oh my god <laughs> wow and it was just one day really and you only play one string at a time <laughs> And you've had 20 years' experience since you recorded that song, so you must be 20 years better at playing the bass than you were when you... So I mean, it's only going to take you 10 minutes to learn it, really. play it every day. Yeah, it does. Not that song. You're telling me you're a professional. You don't practice every day. Every single song. Professional footballers play football every day. Professional actors spend hours looking in the mirror. I think with the way YouTube is now, there's probably 312-year-olds who have dedicated their life to learning the exact bass riff in every exact song. Yeah, so you're saying he could hire a couple of those to stand together on each other's shoulders and play... In a trench coat. Yes, yes, exactly what he said. Where my husband, we promise, yeah. No, I would just watch those children who... The children eclipse us all. The second you make anything, any type of music and put it on the internet, someone far younger than you has learned how to do it better than you. So I would just go back to their YouTube channel and relearn how to do my own stuff. Is that close? That's actually exactly right. (laughs) No, seriously. When we came back, we had to learn like a hundred songs and lots of things we'd never played before. And there are specifically Indonesian kids who practice songs and put them online and then ask for feedback from people. And you can learn it that way. That's how I learned it. The thing is... Oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. I've I've yet to get to the point where I actually request stuff. That's... That's, that's, oh, the, they, that's next. You that, blow their mind. That, yeah. That's when you go, that was really good, but, I mean, can you play Asda Town? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever played a gig for a rich despot? No, no. I mean, we happily probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sh- I mean, a lot of them listen to this podcast. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, are there nice despots out there? <laughs> Necessarily, despots aren't yeah. very no, nice, they're are they? You wouldn't go on a second date with one. No. <laughs> But an expensive first date. I don't think Swade's aesthetic really sits within the oeuvre of despotism. You'd be surprised. Beyonce does it. Yeah, but Beyonce, I could well imagine. Like, if you're a despot and you've got Beyonce being Beyonce, like, hell yeah. It's cool leather-clad androgyny. I don't think Kim Jong-un is sitting there going, yeah, I fancy that. (laughs) So I should be saying no, really, shouldn't I? If we're not going to get asked, then (laughs) no, we wouldn't do it. (laughs) <laughs> not, not for all the money in the world it's, it, it's the same reason I won't play Batman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can imagine some Saudi princes being really into suede. Mm. Oh, no, God, listen, yeah. Saudi I'm... princes all think of themselves as stardust tramps living in the neon gutter. <laughs> <laughs> Here's scenario number two. Suede are in the studio rehearsing for a tour, and as it's 3pm, Brett Anderson is having his mid-afternoon power meditation and chai latte scrub down. Suddenly, their tour manager runs in. There's a very important newspaper that has a very important phone interview scheduled with Brett right now. It's a foreign newspaper, hence the scheduling mishap. It's only breakfast time where they are. But Brett's not in his usual spot, curled up under a window next to the radiator. What would Matt do in this situation? <laughs> I reckon Matt does quite a good impression. So, mm. which country is this foreign newspaper from? Um... Wales. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're never going to be able to tell them apart. Never going to no, know, yeah, mate. Yeah. Never going to know. Colombia. Yeah, I reckon I could probably give an interview as Brett as be like, "Well, thank you for your time, Mr. Anderson," <laughs> and, I, and that seems wholly reasonable. That's really racist. No, do you think not... that Colombians? are so ill-informed that you could pass for Brett Anderson. What I'm suggesting <laughs> is that universally true would be that any of us interviewing, you know, a Japanese film star, a Korean film star, we would have the same kind of contextual disparity that I would expect to be true of any other person in any other place on earth because we are all intrinsically the same. <laughs> See, this is why you you've never racist. had a second time. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I can't tell most white people apart, so... <laughs> of course he'd pretend to be Brett. Why wouldn't he pretend to be Brett? be funny. Maybe Brett would and be then, furious. Do you though. know what? I was always really upset as a young man <laughs> seeing... Sorry. Sorry, past tense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, No, now he's angry. There was another period of my life where I was upset, and that was when people uh, who were either members of Sinn Féin or RRA or whatever were not allowed to speak with their own voice on TV and their voice was dubbed. I was upset because I would have loved to have done the overdubbed voice and just put on a weird lisp or just something. <laughs> so I'm sorry, if I was Matt, I would go, hello, I'm Brett. And I have a lovely time. You're saying Brett Anderson is the I'm Gerald from of Swayze. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Brett Anderson from Swayze. I'm a stardust tramp in the sea on Jutter. Ice creams. Yeah. That's what I would do, and that is what that Matt man would do. Would yeah, do. definitely, definitely. Matt, is that, is that close? It's very true, yeah. <laughs> Here I, he I've, is. I've it? spent many, many years pretending to be Brett on uh, interviews. But I mean, basically, because we come from the same place and we have a very similar voice. And I've sat next to him for hundreds of interviews. Have you ever made him sound like a dick? Yes, yeah. <laughs> There's always a limit, and it's about the kind of tenth one where I just I have enough of it. There's usually a point where someone says to me, thanks so much for doing this interview. They tried to fob me off with the bass player. <gasps> no! So, and, and at that point, I usually lose it. Yeah, but and surely you... if Brett was told that, he'd go, what the fuck? That's a friend of mine. No, no the bass player, no. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, know I know, they're all once. You once met. We did a gig in Toronto, and I'd done all of the Canadian press. It was a long, long day. Hmm. And we turned up to a headline in the local newspaper which said, I am talentless dwarf, says Brett Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
<laughs> so awesome. Yeah. You know what? If Jerry Adams had gone on telly saying, I am a talentless dwarf, I think their troubles would have been over a lot sooner. <laughs> I am a talentless dwarf. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry, Michael. That's I don't, a friend I know that of mine. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Well, Matt, thank you very much. Is there anything you would like to plug before you leave? Bearing in mind, this podcast will probably go out by the time we're all dead. Yeah, we've got a new record coming out, but I can't remember when. It's in about, <laughs> it's in about a week. When does this come out? Oh, this won't be out for fucking, like, 18 months. Oh, so. By the 20th yeah. re-release. The record 20th will still be yeah, Exactly. It'll be, it'll be dead by then. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, That's a terrible plug. There'll be some 25th yeah, reissue by then. Are you something. going on tour? Yeah, but again, long before this. Can we give us a year? Come. Give us a year. What about me? You don't care. You, you haven't did been you, in the videos. Did the you yeah. not yeah. see Matt's face just then? Can we come? His face. Tickets are available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to fucking stop you. We'll buy you. tickets, but. Um... Oh, yes, you can buy tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah of Oh, that's so lovely. Don't let me stop you. But Margaret's not going to buy a ticket because she doesn't care. Oh, well, she, you can come on the guest list then. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Yay. 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 Fine. Thank you very much to expert Matt Osman. Now, um, I have to go and get a train, so um, Margaret's going to come and take over uh, hosting and I'm going to go and get a train. So thanks, guys. Finally. <laughs> um, right. Uh... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Surely reading for a bit of paper's got to be the easiest bit, you incompetent cunt. <laughs> Thank you to Matt Osman. <laughs> Before we hit the final round, let's see what the scores are. Producer Ben. Michael and Rufus have seven. Margaret, that's you, and Tawny have six. Yeah! We're about to do the wrong thing. <laughs> do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets a bendy bully. I don't know what that means. <laughs> the round ends when we hear producer Ben's wind instrument. <clears throat> Your house is haunted by Prince. What is the wrong thing to do? Bring another child into this world. Challenge him to a game of basketball. <laughs> Invite him for dinner with David Williams and Brian Ferry. Your boss has a bogey hanging out of their nose. What is the wrong thing to do? Say, hold still and go and get your bow and arrow. <laughs> uh, uh, diagnose them with AIDS. Um, I'm doing my answering as well. Yeah. You grow up. Can I just say, yeah. though, and I think I may have pointed this out the only other time I've done this podcast, is that the answer to this is the same answer for every single thing. And I know that flies in the face of comedy, but just consider that my answer to all of these is immediately shit in your own mouth. Yeah, we'll all imagine that. Okay. And now can we move on? All right, on? but I want okay. the points for that because that is universally the worst thing to do in any given situation. What about genocide? <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> okay, okay. You grow a mole on your face that looks like Jesus. What is the wrong thing to do? Crucify it. Ah. 
no point, it'll only come back. You find a time-travelling porthole back to London during the Blitz. What is the wrong thing to do? Fuck Nicholas Lindhurst. <laughs> um, your kitchen becomes a safe space for bats. What is the wrong thing to do? Trigger them. Yeah, baby. They should have their space. Yes. <laughs> Snowflake bats. Your left arm falls off. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, wank yourself off with it, pretending it's someone else. <laughs> Wait, what? We have to talk about this, Margaret. I need you to break it down. No. Your left arm has fallen off. Yeah, but how would you pretend it was someone else? <laughs> Do you want me to show you? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you still have it, is what you're saying, yeah, and you're yeah, holding yeah, it. Fallen, yeah. Oh, I thought it had fallen off and you didn't have it anymore. No, you're, sort of, you're, you're using it as a dildo. The best jokes are explained. <laughs> Can, can um, I just go on? If it was actually fully off, let's keep going. Yes, you, you could tie it to something and then just let it do its own thing, and then you wouldn't even have to move your own arm. Then it really would feel like someone else. Because I always think that that whole thing about pretending it's someone else, there's an internal lie. Yeah, because you've got to still be in control of the actual yeah, motion. Yeah. But if it had fully fallen off, why don't you just gaffer tape it to the central point of your tumble dryer and leave the. <laughs> Leave the door open. Well, <clears throat> there's an image for all of us. Uh, you hear the four-minute warning. What is the wrong thing to do? Listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. It's, it's too long. Anyone else has said one else? We needed for this bit. Just <laughs> you turn up... I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer this as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm just wanting... You turn up to a swanky... <laughs> Turn up to a swanky party wearing the same outfit as Gemma Arterton. Uh -huh. What's the wrong thing to do? Immediately ask who that is. <laughs> You'd recognise her. Uh, would I, I would go up to her and say, I'm you from the future. <laughs> in a hall of mirrors. <laughs> Finally, your dad confesses he's a Soviet spy. What is the wrong thing to do? Have a genocide in Rufus Hound's mouth. <laughs> That's the end of the show, but before I get back into my wishing well, producer Ben, what are the final scores? Very excitingly, Michael and Rufus have 10, Margaret and Tawny have 13. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. To the right thing featured Tawny Newsom, Rufus Hound, Margaret Cable Smith, Michael Legg, Matt Osmond from Swade, and me, Danielle Ward. Yes, me. I devised it with producer Ben Walker. We put the script together with extra material for David Reed. Martin White did the music. Thanks to the London Podcast Festival for having us and to Gwyn Reese Davis for helping out. Do the Right Thing is a fun production for the internet. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.